This is the Brazil Institute podcast brought to you by the Wilson Center. I'm your host, Anya Prusa. We have an incredible guest today, the award-winning journalist Patricia Campos Melo, a reporter at large and columnist at the Folha de São Paulo newspaper. Last week, Patricia and her colleague Eduardo Anizelli spent three days inside a hospital at the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in São Paulo. On this podcast, I talked to Patricia about her reporting and the race to save lives in Brazil. Patricia, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. You have reported from war zones and refugee camps in Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, and elsewhere. Were you prepared for what you saw inside the ICU at Emilio Rivas Hospital in Sao Paulo? Um, well, Anya, I, I had been uh, reporting also uh, on the Ebola outbreak in, in Sierra Leone. So I was uh, kind of expecting the war zone scenario that we uh, see in those uh, situations, especially in developing countries dealing with a, an outbreak. Um, at uh, Emilio Ribas Hospital. It is a public hospital in Brazil, but it's one of the best public hospitals. It has a lot of experience uh, with infectious diseases. So uh, comparing to, let's say, Sierra Leone at the peak of the outbreak in, in 2014, it's still very organized. But the thing that we have to uh, think about is, as, as many of the doctors were saying, we're in chapter one of this outbreak. I mean, this is only the beginning in Brazil. In the U.S., uh, uh, you are much more, uh, you're ahead. The, the outbreak started before, earlier. Mm -hmm. So if in this very early stage of the outbreak in Brazil, uh, we have one of the main public hospitals, Emilio Ribas, already packed, uh, no uh, free ICU uh, beds, this is very, very uh, concerning. Emilio Hivas is better equipped than many hospitals in Brazil to deal with this outbreak. But what did you hear from doctors and nurses on the front lines? What are the challenges that they are facing? What type of support do they need right now? Um, there are many, many challenges. Um, well, first of all, it's a, a very good hospital, but it has already uh, run out of beds. So if you would like to have uh, if you are unlucky and you have a serious case of uh, coronavirus, uh, it's highly unlikely that you will be able to uh, get a, um, a bed in Emilio Ribas because it's packed. I mean, either you only have a, a free ICU bed if someone dies or if someone gets better and, and goes home. Mm -hmm. So this is one part. So they're already anticipating that this is going to get much worse. Uh, the other thing is um, the disease, everything is new in the way uh, the doctors are supposed to treat it. So everybody is still learning along the way. Even doctors who are really experienced, they've dealt with several outbreaks, uh, HIV, uh, meningitis and, and everything. So they're testing uh, treatments and therapies uh, um, with this disease uh, along the way. So this is, this is a challenge. And the other thing is, uh, there are not enough tests. Uh, they're not testing. I mean, uh, unless you are very, uh, unless you're very seriously ill and you were admitted to the hospital, then you get a test. But even then, 
it takes like it can take up to three weeks to get the results because there's a backlog at the main testing uh, laboratory, public testing laboratory. So what we have in Brazil right now, it's a huge uh, underestimation of the number of cases and even the number of deaths because of uh, COVID-19, uh, because many of them just not getting tested or you don't have the results yet and this is again just going to get worse because we're only in the beginning. It sounds like the next two to three weeks are going to be critical for Brazil. Yes Um, that's what all doctors have been saying the next two or three weeks are very very important. Several possible treatments are being tested at Emilio Gibas as part of a broader effort to see if researchers can find therapies that show clinical evidence of helping coronavirus patients. Are doctors there hopeful that therapies can be developed? They're not hopeful that anyone's going to find an effective therapy in the uh, short run. I mean, it's not, there's no miracle medication. Uh, We have, our president has been uh, going, uh, doing, you know, this uh, public speeches and going on TV and say, oh, uh, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this in English, uh, uh, chloroquine. Chloroquine. Yeah, chloroquine. Okay, chloroquine. Uh, he's a big uh, supporter of chloroquine, just like President Trump. But I mean, what I hear from doctors on the front line, they're, they're working every day. They're part of uh, all the protocols, the WHO protocol. They're testing uh, four different types of medication, some antiviral medications. Uh, some of them were used... Uh, uh, in Ebola patients and then the chloroquine and everything and up until now uh, from what they've been seeing again this is not an official uh, uh, result but they don't think anything works what they're doing is try to uh, make patients as simple as possible and try to deal with some of the consequences of coronavirus in the body for instance uh, usually one of the consequences is that you get blood clots in your lungs so one of the treatments, they are um, doing medication against blood clots and uh, several different therapies just to uh, make sure uh, or at least try that very serious, very ill patients uh, are stable. We know this virus is very contagious and medical professionals are at high risk given their frequent contact with sick individuals. Are doctors and nurses at Emilio Gilas and other hospitals in Brazil becoming ill with the coronavirus at high rates? In several hospitals in Brazil, yes, there have been uh, uh, high numbers of uh, medical personnel that's been uh, infected, mostly because uh, in some of uh, hosp- some of the public hospitals in states as Ceará and Amazonas, where the system is already collapsing. They don't have the personal protection equipment. They don't have mm-hmm. enough, enough masks or gloves or everything, right? And even in, in some private hospitals in Brazil, uh, in Sao Paulo, there has been a lot of uh, infections among doctors and nurses. In Emilio Ribas, yes, some people have been uh, contaminated uh, while they were working, some doctors. The numbers are not so high because they have a very... Um, uh, strict protocol of security, which they have been training. I mean, first time they heard about the outbreak in China in, in January, they started the training. Uh, and also, they have something that not many hospitals have in Brazil, which is 
a negative pressure chamber before, I mean, next to every single ICU uh, room where there's like one bed, they have this uh, negative pressure room, which basically uh, sucks the air and, and sort of avoids the contaminated air getting out of the, the room of this chamber. So this is a very specific thing. Not all the hospitals uh, have this, and this does help to diminish the, the number of uh, infected doctors and nurses. I want to switch now to the issue of public policy, because in the absence of proven therapies or a vaccine, one of the main policy tools being used around the world is social distancing. There has been a clear divide on this issue in Brazil between President Bolsonaro and the state governors. Also, many Brazilians are in a precarious economic situation right now, and they might feel like they need to keep working. Have social distancing policies been effective in Brazil? Are people actually staying home? Uh, well, two things. Uh, governors, just like in the U.S., governors are the ones that are really insisting on the need of social distancing uh, in order to, as they say, flatten the curve. I mean, mm -hmm. not have every single one, everybody sick at the same time because then it would be a collapse. We don't have enough ICU beds or ventilators, right? Mm -hmm. So the governors are saying this, but the president is saying quite the opposite. He's saying, you know, this is a dictatorship. These governors don't let you go out and work. We have to go on life as usual, blah, blah, blah. So the number of people, the percentage of people that have been following the social distancing guidelines is decreasing which is a very uh, worrying sign. On the other hand, uh, there is uh, a concern about how are poor people going to get by? You know, uh, there's a lot of people who have already been laid off. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to work. And the thing that was a very big, um, I think it was a, uh, a weakness here in, in all the planning, and, and I guess there's not much planning, uh, how to help these people. I mean, I see in places like uh, the UK, they were compensating up to 80% of the wages of people who were either laid off or uh, whose contracts were suspended. The government was paying up to 80%. Here in Brazil, uh, the things they are doing, the, the federal government is doing to try to help these people, either who can't work because you know their work is outside or because they've been laid off. It's just ridiculous and it's taking forever to get to the people. I mean, the logistics of getting these uh, vouchers and other stuff to people uh, is not working very well. So you have two sides of this. Uh, on the one hand, governors are really insisting on the need for social distancing and the president defining the message all the time. And then on the other hand, of course, we have to understand that Many people here in Brazil, we have a big part of the population uh, that was already suffering because unemployment is high and they need some sort of government support because they've been laid off or they can't work. And this is not, you know, it's not getting to them uh, quickly enough. It's a very complicated situation, but certainly one of the priorities has to be slowing the spread uh, so hospitals are not overwhelmed. We are seeing through your reporting and that of others that this is a real concern for Brazil. Looking at the next week or two, what indicators are you going to be following? Well, we're following closely the number of ICU beds, the occupation in hospitals, mm -hmm. because this is a very important indicator. I mean, Sao Paulo 
so far is doing okay. We only have Emilio Ribas uh, that uh, uh, has run out of beds, but other hospitals still have beds. So we are following. It depends on the number of uh, infected people that uh, um, get to be very seriously ill people, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing is testing. I mean, there's been... Uh, Government has been saying that they're going to increase the number of tests available. Uh, mean, uh, up to now, it's like ridiculous. No one gets tested. So, and it won't be able to start gradually opening up and, you know, relaxing social distancing if we don't have tests, not even for people who have been admitted into hospitals. So this is the other thing we're going to be following closely, the number of tests increase in testing in the country. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me, Patricia. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I hope you and your colleagues stay healthy and safe as you continue reporting on COVID-19 in Brazil. Want to learn more? You can read Patricia's full article in Portuguese at www.folha.ul.com.br. That's Folha de São Paulo's website. Until next time, I'm your host, Anya Prusa, and this is the Brazil Institute Podcast. Thanks for listening.